We're halfway through the preseason. I'll tell you where the Jaguars are and talk about preseason game two, a 24-13 loss to Cleveland. We'll do it in just a second here on Locked On Jaguars. You are Locked On Jags, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, y'all, I'm Tony Wiggins here, the host of Locked On Jaguars, your daily podcast of the Jacksonville Jaguars here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And it's your team every day. And we thank you for making us your first listen. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before because Bet Online is where the game starts. Like I said, I'm glad you guys start here with us every single day. On Locked On Jaguars Monday through Friday because it's your team every day. And we thank you again for making us your first listen. We're free on all platforms also. Wherever you get your your podcast on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe and continue to follow the podcast and support us here by just listening. Um, Jags played their second preseason game of the year. Might be technically considered their first one. They opened the Hall of Fame uh ceremonies uh, where Tony Baselli was enshrined into the Pro Football Hall of Fame with a loss to the Raiders. They didn't play very many starters in that game. So folks kind of just sort of looked past it a little bit and just chalked it up as, well, the second and third team doesn't look very good, but we'll see what happens when the other guys uh, play. And that's what happened Friday night where the Jags hosted Cleveland. Night and day looked totally different with the starters in uh we'll give you impressions of what we thought of both units uh offensive and defensive units a little bit of a mixed bag but more positives than negatives however we get right back to uh those second stringers after the jacks took a 13 nothing lead they took out uh most of their frontline players well that's when you know up jumped the boogie here goes the boogeyman coming back again and that is the reserves they uh, leave a lot to be desired in in terms of what has to happen for this team to be successful. If starters have to be replaced, the depth is 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 starting to be challenged, and that's going to be a little bit of an issue, I believe, for this team. Uh, so we'll talk about the fact that how do you how do you get to the point where they are? How do you get beyond it? Some people consider a a microcosm of a team that has been bad is it's going to take a long time for you to actually build depth. I get that. The one thing about being bad is, and this is my diagnosis of it, when the Jaguars were bad, and that was pretty much every year for the last 12 years, the last dozen years, with the exception of maybe one season, what happened to them was, They had guys who were starters who should have been backups. So you would think that if the Jaguars eventually started to add the frontline guys through picking high in the draft, which they've done for as long as we can remember, to adding guys in free agency, what they've done the last two years uh, more than anyone, that at some point, the people that they had starting would now be considered backups. So therefore they wouldn't be as bad. 
Well, what happened is, and this is the thing that we talked about in the past, what, what has happened with this team is instead of replacing those guys who were starting with better players and then having those players go to backup roles, they were not retaining them because they would just move totally move on away from them. Everyone who was here before was replaced instead of demoted. So the way that they built depth is they went out and signed a bunch of guys in 2020, and most of them aren't even here anymore. They also drafted guys in 2020 that most of them are not even here anymore, and the ones that are here are not playing very well. Uh, Caleb Von Chason, um, C.J. Henderson, that entire group, they picked four. I think they drafted three and signed uh, one or two more defensive backs that year. Well, since then, they've continued to do that. Each and every draft, they've added DBs. I don't think they did it this year until late in the draft, but in 2021, they signed and drafted probably three or four more guys. This year, you know, they added two rookies. And they also signed Darius Williams. When you look back from 2020 to right now, the Jaguars have probably added 12 to 13 defensive backs, and it's probably only going to be 10 of them that stay. And most of the guys that they added, I'd say seven of them are going to be guys that you can really depend on. And after that, they're going to see there's a retention problem here. The Jags have been so hurtful or or, or have been hurt so bad by the fact that they didn't have star players, top 100 guys, guys who could make a difference on the team that you could build around, that they were using backups in an attempt to win with those guys as the guys you build around, and they were just the wrong people. But instead of just adding to those guys and demoting them, I'll give you a perfect example. Dewan Smoot. Well, he was drafted to be a starter. I don't care what people think. He was just, but I'm not mad at Dewan Smoot and I'm not mad at him being here because he's a very good player. But that's the example of what it's supposed to be. What it's supposed to be is you drafted Dewan Smoot, you develop him, you realize, okay, he's not, he's not your alpha pass rusher. But what he is is a guy that can help you. So we're going to pay him to, to stay around. Right? This is where your Keelan Coles and your DJ Charks would help this team in terms of depth. But it's almost as if in the past, if it doesn't work, we got to get rid of it. If it doesn't work as a starter, you got to go. I hate to say it, but Taven Bryan. Okay, that might be a reach. He was probably supposed to not be here anymore. But you see my point. But the point is, is drafting guys like that in the first place, asking them to do too much. You see, when you draft a guy to be the to be the man, but then you find out he's not even good enough to be a backup, that's a problem. Because if you draft him to be the man and you develop him, you spend all that time, and maybe he's not the guy you thought he would be, but then he can still help you. I'll give you another example. Remember Solomon Thomas was like picked in the top four in the same draft as guys like Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson? I don't want to mention that, but you know what I mean, before all of the trouble. Well, Solomon Thomas ended up being a guy who could help San Francisco. Okay, two years later, they get 
uh, uh, Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas is still a reserve was still a reserve at that time on that team. And he was able to help that team when they tried to make a Super Bowl run. And he was a good, solid player for him until he moved on. That's what you do. It's not boom or bust. And too many times in the past here, it has been boom or bust. So now what you're seeing is you're seeing second and third team players look horrible. And then you look at other teams like Buffalo, and I know it's preseason, but they're competently competitive, especially along the offensive line. That's where I want to talk to you guys about because I promise you, man, I have beat this drum over and over. If this is a hit, this is thriller. I have talked about that offensive line to death. And so many times when I get pushback, folks assume that I'm just talking about the first five guys. I'm not. But if your first five guys are just adequate, what does that say about your second five or more importantly, your second the 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 second three guys that you're going to bring in and swing in off your bench when you get a guy who might twist his ankle or have to come out because he's in concussion protocol and how it it just breaks this team down it really there was penetration the other night in the first quarter when the starters was in trevor ran for his life and took an awkward hit the starting lineup for the jaguars was in the game on the offensive line cleveland played an entire backup defensive line that is a problem. You should not be getting that type of pressure that can cause your quarterback to have to run for his life and throw an awkward pass just to avoid getting hit, and then he still gets drugged down. That's a problem. When guys are getting hit in the backfield as soon as they get the, get the ball, that's a problem. So we're going to talk about the depth. We're going to talk about the starters and give them their flowers, but we're also going to try to dissect what can you do at this stage and at this point for this year. And this is why I think, the enthusiasm of this year is fine, but it's almost going to have to play out perfectly if the Jaguars are going to make any noise because they just don't have any quality depth. And it's not just on offense. It's on defense, too, in certain spots where as soon as the starters come out, you're supposed to see a drop off. Yeah, but you ain't supposed to see it. You're supposed to see a drop off, not a fall off. And that's what you actually see. You see too much of a fall off. So we're going to discuss that here on Locked on Jaguars. And we're going to do that in just a second because we have some very, very important things that we need to really, really talk about. And one of them is better help. What is better help? I'm going to let you know exactly what better help is. It's exactly what it's called. And if you see right there on the screen, this is not a crisis hotline. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people world. Why? I've had curveballs, man. I've gone through a divorce. I've had a bout with depression and I continue to have therapy based on some things that come from me trying to manage pain. And the worst mistake I ever made was thinking I could self-diagnose and do it by myself because you can't. But you can go to BetterHelp and you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't have to be on camera if you don't want to. I know people go through anxiety and don't want to be seen. Uh, But getting therapy every week is as easy as a few clicks on your laptop or phone. With therapy, it can take a few tries to find the right fit for you, but BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change therapists if you need to. And they have a special offer for my listeners here on Locked On Jaguars. You get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Locked On. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at BetterHelp 
youtube.com slash locked on listen it helped me and it could help you too don't try to self-diagnose man make sure that you know that there's help right at the end of your keyboard on your laptop or on your phone at better help and we thank you for joining us here on locked on jaguars every single day making us your first listen i am tony wiggins the host of locked on jaguars look this is not a debbie downer session this is not i'm not trying to poo poo the uh the the improvements of the team so i'm going to talk about those improvements right now with you but i am going to also be honest about some things that sort of alarming let's start with the offense trevor lawrence is is as good as advertised in my opinion trevor lawrence is uh he, he he's very much improved there's some talk that maybe even on some of the passes that he throws that he waits a little bit too long. You might be right. Dan Olowski said it on, uh, he was on Twitter. He said he'd like to see things processed just a little bit quicker. But for me, there were a few plays where, yeah, he probably, guys were open and you can see it. What we don't see though is, is the progressions that he went through. And, uh, you know, we, we might see something come open and then it looks like, oh, he saw it later. Maybe he was looking somewhere else and he looked somewhere else and then he came here and said, okay, there it is. And maybe you'd like to see that diagnosed a little bit quicker. I just want to see the completions. I just want to see the play completed because I think after a while it will start to, to, to be, you know, seeing he'll see it before we do after a while. Okay. We're looking at TV. We're not out there with the, you know, having to dodge 300 pound people. And I know we're not trying to act like we're quarterbacks, but what we're doing is comparing it to what we see other quarterbacks do. I think the more and more comfortable he gets and the more and more confident that he gets with his moving parts, which a lot of them are all new. These are all new people. It's a new system. I'm sure Doug Peterson will probably sit down with him if he hasn't already and say, you know, Trevor, this is open. The one play that everyone keeps talking about is the touchdown that he actually threw to Evan Ingram in the second quarter of the preseason game versus the Browns where he didn't really, he sort of reversed out, but he faked one way where they get all the action going one way. And he turned back around and he, he had to contort his entire body to turn. Okay. So when he, when he opens up right and he fakes to the running back and then he reverses out and rolls back the other way, Evan Ingram's wide open. And there's someone running a sort of a stack route behind Evan Ingram to the back of the end zone i think it was the wide receiver or whatever is sort of clearing things out or it could have been somebody dragging across the formation so evan ingram's wide open right and trevor is turning his body i would much rather him take his time and get all the way turned around and then throw the ball to ingram because ingram was so wide open that he wasn't gonna not be open while he was waiting on trevor to turn his entire body and make an accurate throw as opposed to turning around and making some weird off balance, wrong foot, wrong arm angle throw that we see guys around the league, Patrick Mahomes and all of these, the little flip, Aaron Rodgers does it. I, I, you know, it'd be nice for him to do that, but I would rather him make sure he turned around all the way and got the ball out. Ingram still went into the end zone, basically untouched, but there was another part of that, that, okay, he's open. I'm on a turn. If coverage does shift fast enough, he had he could have had the other guy in the back of the end zone wide open. So maybe he was attempting to manipulate it, or maybe he knew 
uh, the guy was so wide open. Look, let me just go ahead and turn all the way around and throw this. It's open. By design, they had already beaten the defense. And the defense knew. I guarantee you Cleveland's coaches knew. As soon as it happened and they fake he rolled around, they probably said, oh, we got burnt. Because that was a by formation, fourth down call in the red zone where you knew that it was going to be a touchdown as soon as the fake and the rollout went and Cleveland didn't have a hot guy coming off that edge. The edge wasn't set. They they went for the, the fake. All of the everybody crashed down. So for me, I'd rather him turn around and make an accurate throw and take his time. I get it. You want to see it happen quicker. It looked like he hesitated. It looked like he waited. But all in all, um, I thought he looked good. I, I continue to say that Zay Jones is going to be a problem. We didn't see Christian Kirk because he didn't play the other night. But Zay Jones is going to be a problem. He looks like a man on a mission. He looks like a perfect fit for this Doug Peterson offense. And uh, he was the guy that looked like they were going for a lot. Uh, I like what I saw also out of Marvin Jones and, and uh, Laquan Treadwell. Got open in the middle of the field. The plus is they are really going to challenge the middle of the field. The plus is, is they also converted first downs by throwing the ball to Travis Etienne out of the backfield. The plus is they still got more help coming in the running game with James Robinson as soon as he gets healthy. The other plus is they are going to challenge vertically those intermediate routes in the passing game. And they converted. They they had a holding penalty, I think, early in the drive. And at one point it was second and 19, or I think one point it was third and 17. And they had no problem converting. In the past, those would be things that when they got that far behind on the on the sticks, you knew it was going to be a punt in two plays. And they were looking to survive and put the defense back on the field. That's no longer the case. Third and 17, okay, hold my beer, no problem. Second and 19, we're behind on the sticks. All right, we'll get seven on this play, and then we'll get 13 on the next one, no problem. And those are the type of things that when you have a competent coach, uh, a system, players that uh, believe, a quarterback that can deliver, those are the type of things that we're not used to around here that are actually pluses. Plus on the defense. Um, Trevon Walker is the real deal. He is violent. Um, hitting everything that moves. So the 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 plus of the, the physicality from him is it 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 gives it makes a lasting impression on the other team. Eventually they're gonna start looking over their shoulder, like wondering where he is coming from. It's gonna be a whooping every single play for that initial punch and that initial surge. And you start putting stress and pressure on the other offensive line. And then those running backs and tight ends that catch the ball, they're not looking around wondering where is he coming from because he's like a locomotive. He, I mean, he is – it is unreal. It's like something off National Geographic. He does not give up on plays even when the play doesn't come his way. And those are the things that I believe showed up on tape. Those are the things that folks said, yeah, that's cool, but that's not what you use a first-round draft pick on. Well – I beg to differ. Those effort plays can save games because he's going to make enough of the individual plays also. But to have a, a player like that, that big, running around the field with your colors on, uh, causing that type of violence and destruction, uh, eventually the other team will know it's coming, okay? And they start looking for it. And no matter what their coaches say, or never, they be like, man, that dude is knocking us the hell out out here. And um, – I think it's a good thing. I also believe they were opportunistic. Uh, someone that people keep sort of forgiving up, uh, giving up on or forgetting about is Rayshon Jenkins. 
he played well the other night and he caused a fumble. And that's the activity that we've seen from him also in training camp. You know, folks forget about him. They just think, okay, oh, well, whatever. No, you can't. They signed him for a reason. And he played well the other night and caused a fumble. Uh, and then after he caused the fumble, uh, the aforementioned uh, Trevon Walker knocked the I don't know what out of the running back. And I'm sure he was thinking about that. But the pass defense and the defensive line as a whole made Deshaun Watson's first action in almost two years uh, a nightmare for him. And I think that that's what you really, really have to do. They held Cleveland to seven yards, seven yards in the first quarter. And I and now Cleveland didn't have Chubb and Amari Cooper. But still, if we're going to criticize the, the, uh, the, the backups, which we're going to do here in just a second, for two straight weeks of not looking good uh, against – you know, the other team and they're not starters, then we don't, we don't, we're not going to care about the fact that Cleveland didn't play. So we're going to give our guys credit for what they actually did. So a lot of plus stuff to take away from, I can guarantee you now the Jaguars aren't going to be a worst team in the league. I don't even think they're going to be in the bottom 25% at the very minimum, the very minimum. They're going to be a team that when the other team gets off the plane, they know they have to play and they know they have to, they have to bring it or they're going to get whooped. So, uh, that's a very, very good start for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Segment three, I'll tell you the things that concern me and how they're actually going to have a chance to fix that. And we'll do it in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. I got to tell you about betonline.net, though, our sponsor for today. It is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find Reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. I heard of some good golf this weekend. I did not see it. But I did know that it was something wild that everybody kept tweeting about. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts. These drafts, these fantasy drafts, will be affected too about where these guys are projected to play and how much they're projected to play. And you can check all of that out on BetOnline as well. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today because BetOnline is where the game starts. And once again, you guys start here on Locked on Jaguars with me, your host, Tony Wiggins, covering the team for about a dozen years or so, maybe 13 or 14 at this point. And it's been a lot of the same thing. And uh, this year feels a little bit differently. Uh, We thank you for making us your first listen here every day, trying to get to the bottom of everything that's going on. All right. So let's talk about the bottom. I just mentioned the bottom right now. It's the depth, the depth on this team. It just doesn't seem like it's up to par. As you look around uh, the league, there's a, a, a distinct line of demarcation between the starters and uh the the reserves there's supposed to be a difference we recognize that it's not supposed to be that night and day the jaguar second and third unit look like the worst team in the league and i looked around um i looked around at a lot of uh, games this weekend uh they have almost no depth no competent depth on the offensive line I don't think they have a backup quarterback that's any good. Running back and wide receiver, I think they'll be fine in those areas. Tight end, I'm still a little bit concerned beyond the first, uh, beyond Evan Ingram and Chris Manhurts. We had fumbles and drops by guys the other night. Uh, 
um, that that should be, you know, to the point where they're not making them anymore. Luke Farrell, as well as uh, Dan Arnold. The backup linebackers will leave. They, you know, they, they leave something to be desired, man. And uh, that's a part of the team that really, really does need to get fixed. What I would do if I was the Jaguars is scout that waiver wire and I would really look at some of these teams, even if it means giving up some late uh, draft compensation. There are some teams that probably have a lot of depth at, at both uh, positions. I don't think they need to totally add like a starter at, Mike linebacker, but they have three that I know of that are really, really good. Shaq Quarterman is probably needs to pick it up a little bit. And um, and then I don't know if they're going to keep five or if Chappelle Russell and um, if he's going to be around and, and play special teams or if they see him as a viable option. So uh, there's some things that they probably need to do. And uh, especially on the offensive line, they need to probably scout the offensive line. I think they're fine at edge rusher and pass rusher and even nickel. So we'll just have to see if they can start putting that thing together a little bit. You guys, thank uh, thank you for joining me today and allowing us to put this together for you. This is the Locked on Jaguars podcast. I'm your man, Tony Wiggins. We'll catch you here tomorrow as we'll do some more preview. I'm going to go to a night practice today, and I'll tell you everything that I saw at the night practice today. One of the last live hitting sessions you'll see from the Jaguars as they prepare for the 2022 season.